0: It's the Sunday Showcase on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended.
1: How do I? I'll oh, skip
2: ahead a bit. No, I can't skip ahead. All, All right, everybody, into the time machine.
3: Hey, what's uh, what no, 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 no,
1: no, no! You don't understand how radio works. All I have to do to return this is fade my voice out like this.
3: You're the organist. And you see,
4: here we are. Wait a minute.
5: 63 Audio presents... The Old Time Radio Essentials Podcast. Greetings all who gather here and welcome back to Season 3 of Old Time Radio Essentials. If this is your first time joining us, and even if it ain't, I must inform you that this is Episode 30, also known as our third episode of 2022, a.k.a. the fifth ep of Season 3. My name is Pete. And this is Paul. And I'm Dave. So, hey, now this is a quick welcome back to you guys, isn't it? We're making up for missing our February episode by making two of them in March. oh joy rapture dude you get
6: excited about the weirdest things
5: (laughs) i I hope this won't take too long there's a
7: gilligan's island marathon on tonight and daddy needs his (laughs) Marianne.
5: can i help it if i enjoy the company of you two fine fellers well since we did an extensive recap last time what say we forego the bits about what we've all been up to
7: that's fine by me. Sure, what the heck? I only want to know one thing. Yes? <laughs> uh, who the hell is the guy this time sitting next to Dave?
6: Hey, last time he wasn't sitting next to me. Last time he was sitting next to Pete. Right. But this, oh, guy, I'm sorry. this guy, my friend, this is none other than our essential listener, Marshall Latham. Now, Marshall sent us an email recently complaining, I mean uh, complimenting oh, us uh, on our show uh, he's an audio drama creator himself, a fan of old time radio. Uh, so I asked him to join us and to select our essential episode for this time around. Hey, Marshall!
5: Welcome to the show. How you doing? Shalom. How you doing? Oy, oy, oy.
7: Hey, guys! It's good to be on the show.
5: I guess. Uh, well, it's talking. early still.
7: So you'll you might change your mind by the end, but we'll
5: see what happens. <laughs> That's true. He don't know us very well,
3: do he? <laughs> <laughs>
6: So, do you know Marshall from elsewhere, Dave? Oh yeah, Marshall, Marshall and I go way back. Uh, Marshall runs the Journey Into podcast, uh, uh, and and honestly, Marshall, as I recall, did we ever meet at Balticon, or was this exclusively through the Journey Into podcast that you and I connected? Uh, I was
0: through different that my podcast and several other different podcasts we yeah. crossed
6: because back in the day, back in back in the old west of, of podcasting, back in the back in the early two 2000- thousand, <laughs> nah, 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 nah. we uh, everybody was crossing the streams, man. We would hop onto each other's podcasts and promote each other, and it was it was just a rollicking good time. Uh, and I that was when I started getting into voice work uh, and narration and and uh, reading scripts. And Marshall's uh, Journey Into podcast is audio fiction. And he had me reading uh, some uh, Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, every year on Poe's what is it, birthday, I think, uh, uh, Marshall dedicates the month to, to Poe stories. So every year for the last, God, four or five years... I've read a post story for for Journey Into.
7: Outstanding. He's the poster boy for post stories. <laughs> <laughs> the Poe poster, poster boy. I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself. Wah, wah.
6: Well, and Marshall, Journey Into is not your only podcast endeavor, is it? Uh, yeah. It's, it,
0: well, there's several things included in that. Cool. Um, there's the there's the straight up Journey Into where I present full cast audio or uh, audio drama. And then I mix in some OTR in there every once in a while. Then me and some friends get together and talk about Star Wars and stuff like that. So yes, there's many many layers to the Journey into podcast. So we'll, we'll have to check that out. Yeah, absolutely.
3: What's well, we're all glad all?
7: to have you here today, Marshall. Since you've been a regular <laughs>
0: listener for a while,
7: pop quiz:
0: tell us the purpose of our show. Oh, uh, sure. <laughs> The purpose of the Old Time Radio Essentials is to present specific episodes of our favorite old time radio series, Uh, episodes that stand out as particularly representative of those series or as one of those quotable episodes that fans of old time radio like to discuss either in person or on social media
6: us three will take turns selecting a show for discussion and occasionally we'll bring in a special guest to provide some programming. Uh, in our most recent installment for example, Pete asked his old friend from school days Rick uh, and he selected an episode from of the Red Skeleton program which was a lot of fun. Now today Marshall's our guest programmer, what's your selection for us then good sir
0: <laughs> Well today I've got some uh, juvenile programming for you. That's appropriate for this group. (laughs) Hey now, hey now. So today I'm bringing you an episode of Mark Trail. Uh, There was two iterations of the Mark Trail radio show, and it was based on the comic strip that was created by Ed Dodd. The the first time it ran, it was for the mutual broadcasting system, and it ran uh, between 1950 and 1951. And then, at that time, it was 30 minutes long. And then later on, a year later, from 1951 to 1952, it ran on ABC radio. And at that time, it it shortened those episodes down to 15 minutes. Uh, But it also ran three times a week. The selection that I chose is one of the half-hour episodes from the first version of the show. And it aired on March 22nd, 1950. And so... Without
7: further delay, we present an episode of Mark Trail entitled The Eyeglass Monster from 1950 on
0: the Mutual Network. And now, friends, adjust your radio dials to the proper frequency, get comfortable, and listen.
3: Hello!
4: Kellogg's Pep, the build-up wheat cereal with the prize in every package, invites you to share another thrilling adventure with Mark Trail. Battling
2: the raging elements, fighting the savage wilderness, striking at the enemies of man and nature, one man's name resounds from snow-capped mountains down across the sun-baked plains. Mark Trail! It is evening, and the single lamp in George Masters' library dimly lights up the room. Seated opposite him is Fred Carter, and from the precautions Masters took to make sure they were alone, it is obvious that he has something important
8: to say. Carter, I know you think I've been something of a fool to make archaeology my hobby. Oh, I wouldn't say that, Masters. I've spent years examining old maps, studying old civilizations which have come and gone, and I'm convinced a fortune lies buried underneath the ground of these United States, if you know where to dig for it. There are others who believe that way, Masters. Well, I've just come back from Silverpool Lake. It's a short distance south of Lost Forest. Oh, yes, the animal sanctuary run by uh, Professor Davis, Yeah. There's a king's ransom buried near that lake, I'm almost positive. The relics of a lost Indian civilization buried a thousand years. Well, why don't you go out and start digging? That would attract too much attention. I'd like to go out there with someone who knows the land, make absolutely sure of the treasure, then buy up the land from the government. In that way, the treasures of that lost civilization would be mine. How can you swing that, Masters? i figured it out, and in time, I'll need your help. Uh-huh. Shoot. Well, let us say I'm a businessman who's been working too hard. The doctor orders a rest, a hunting and fishing trip. I agree. And I choose Silver Pool Lake for my trip. So far, so good. I ask someone to go along with me. I pay him well. Someone like, uh, Mark Trail. Trail? I heard his name someplace. He's a naturalist. Roams around the country claiming to be a protector of wildlife. And what's more important, happens to be at Lost Forest right now. Well, that's convenient for him. But, uh... Maybe he won't do it. He'll do it for old Professor Davis. They need money in Lost Forest. It costs a lot to keep a sanctuary going. And uh, I'm willing to pay. Yes, it begins to stack up, masters. But just suppose Trail runs across this treasure, or whatever it is, and he doesn't play ball. I thought of that too, Carter. I'm not worried about Trail. You know why? Why? Because accidents can always happen. (laughs)
2: And accidents will happen more than once
4: in this adventure with Mark Trail. But listen, if you'd like to hit the adventure trail, help build up strength, help build up energy, help build up strong bones and steady nerves with that famous build-up wheat cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Whole wheat in its most delicious form, toasted flakes. That's Kellogg's Pep. Not just one bowlful, of course. Kellogg's Pep won't work wonders overnight. But Kellogg's Pep with milk and sugar day after day will help you store up a powerhouse of the food elements you need to build up strength, energy, strong bones, and steady nerves. For, mmm, marvelous multi-flavored Pep has more vitamins than any other ready-to-eat wheat cereal. What's more, just one serving of Kellogg's Pep gives you a day's need of vitamin D, the sunshine vitamin. And mark this. P.E.P. also stands for prize in every package. And I'll tell you about those swell prizes in a little while. Till then, remember, if you want to hit the adventure trail and really feel fit for fun, ask your mother when she goes shopping to bring you a package of pep. That's Kellogg's Pep.
2: One week later, George Masters, posing as a tired businessman, has made his deal. Mark Trail has agreed to serve as guide on a hunting and fishing trip. And camp has been pitched on the shore of Silverpool Lake. Then one morning, a small rowboat pushes out from the shore. Sitting in the stern of the boat, baiting a fish hook, is Mark Trail. At the oars is George Masters.
8: We started later than I expected, Trail. Thought we'd start fishing a dog. Well, Sherry Davis and Scotty promised to come down from Los Lost Forest to spend the day with us. Thought we'd wait for them. I guess they're not coming after all. Mm, guess not. Well, aren't we out far enough? Come on, a little more, Masters. The rowing's good exercise for you. Uh, I think I've had enough. I'd rather fish than row. Okay, then here. I've baited your hook for you. Oh, thanks. Now let's see how much I've learned. Hey, you've learned a lot, I'd say. Cast that line like a professional. Yeah, but these fish don't bite for me like a professional. Oh, who said they don't? You got a strike. Uh, what do I do now? Reel the fish in. That's it. That's the way. Here he comes. I have <laughs> the net handy. Oh, boy. Isn't he a beauty? It... Oh, good heavens. something peculiar about this little devil. Oh, yes, there is. This fish has no eyes. Well, not just blind. No eyes at all. I wonder why. Well, there's only one answer to that, of course. Why? Oh, someone's trying to get your attention on shore. Oh, that's Scotty. And Sherry Davis is with him. Uh, Let's row to shore. What about this fish? Well, when we get to shore, we'll dig a hole, fill it with water, and keep the fish alive. I think Scotty and Sherry would like to hear about this fish, too. thing I ever saw. It's
1: amazing how it never bumps into the side of the pool. Yeah, that's what I've been thinking, Cherry. And it's got no eye.
8: Is it a freak? Wrong, Scotty. Nothing freakish about it. What?
1: Not a freak?
8: Now, don't tell me you've seen one of these before, Trail. There uh, many of them, though not exactly the species. Eyeless fish? Yes. In streams and great underground caverns like uh, Monmouth Cave.
1: Gee, of course. That's dumb of me. I should have remembered that. I
8: may still be thick-headed, but I've never heard of a fish like this before. It's simple, Mr. Masters. In the underground streams of, say, uh, Monmouth Cavern, fish have been living for thousands of years. Well, those streams are completely black, no light whatsoever, so the fish there had no use for eyes. You mean they never had eyes? Oh, no, no, no. Thousands of years ago, their original ancestors did, when those underground streams were open, but then, when they were covered, blacked out, and nature, over the course of time, allowed the eyes to vanish. Really? They were useless. And a basic law of nature is that anything that's useless disappears. Only the useful survives.
2: Well, in that case, Mark, how come this fish in Silverpool
1: Lake? It's sure no underground stream. Yeah,
8: trail, what about that? Well, I'm not certain, but I may have the answer. Uh, Masters? Yes? Did you hear anything that sounded like uh, thunder during the night? Come to think of it, Mark, I did. You're certain? Positive. I remember distinctly looking forward to a dull, dreary, rain-soaked day. Yet no rain, not even a cloud. And there wasn't any indication of a storm last night.
1: What are you getting at, Mark?
8: Well, one thing that could have caused that noise was a landslide or a cave in.
1: Landslide in this part of the country,
8: Mark? Mm-hmm. It's possible, Cherry. Particularly if the landslide took place where I think it did. Where? Underwater. Come on. Scotty, you take Cherry in one rowboat. Masters and I will go in another. We're going to explore Silverpool Lake right now. Scotty, don't lag so far behind. We're coming, Mark. This is a real thrill trail. Never expected to run across Isla's thick. We got that cliff in a few seconds now. Why there? Why not some other part of the shoreline? Because all the rest of the lake bottom rises in a gradual slope. That huge stone cliff could very well conceal some kind of cavern. Say, very smart. Okay, drag your oars. We're coming close to the face of the cliff. Right. Well, this is it. Oh, water's inky black. In just the shadow of the cliff. Well, guess i better take off my sweatshirt.
3: You gonna dive in, Mark?
8: That's what I put swimming trunks on for, Cherry. Okay, Scotty. Just drag your oars and pull up alongside us.
1: You're all right, Mark.
8: Well, here goes.
1: Throw me your oars, Mr. Masters. I'll lash the boats
3: together.
8: Sure. And to think that all of this started with a freak fish.
1: Yes, it started that way, but I wonder how it'll end. There's Mark now breaking the surface. Mark
8: Here, take these. I'm going down for another look.
1: Sherry, look what Mark has. Me. Metals of some kind.
8: Let me see those, boy.
3: What are they?
1: By
8: heaven, they're gold. Gold? Solid gold medallions.
1: Look at the figures on them. Yes,
8: and they're almost a pound apiece. Mr. Masters, Do you know how much that is in real money? Over a thousand dollars. There's Mark. Has he got... Yes! Here, Cherry. A plate, a solid gold plate. Here, Mark, let me help you in the boat. What the devil did you find down there, Trail? Let him
2: catch his breath, Mr. Masters. It's all
8: right, Cherry. There's a hole in the cliff about 12 feet below the water surface. It's big, jagged, And no marine growth on the edges. So it's just recent. Probably the cause of that roar we heard last night. Yeah, but this gold, man, this gold. Easy, Masters, easy. Now, the way I figure it, there's an underground stream behind that cliff wall. Erosion just left a thin sheet of rock between that stream and this lake. And last night, it finally crumbled. But the gold, is there more down there? Some. It uh, came from within that cave. Probably the remnants of an ancient civilization. We've got to get in there. Well, Mr. Masters, to explore that cavern, we'll need diving helmets and watertight flashlights. And Then again, we might even find a place to blast it open from the land side. I'll get you all of that stuff. I'll call my assistant Carter and have him bring you everything you need. Swell, Mr. Masters, do that. And who knows? We may unearth the greatest archaeological discovery of the North American continent. Carter, this is Masters.
3: Yeah, Masters. How are things going?
8: Perfect. I've played this right, Carter, and trail has fallen for it, hook, line, and sinker. And it looks to me as if we're going to find that treasure I told you about.
3: Uh, What now?
8: A lot of things. I want you to buy some stuff for me, Carter, then get up to Silverpool Lake on the double. Fine with me. And Carter. Yes? Keep the trip a secret. No sense broadcasting what might happen.
3: Yeah, glad you got here,
8: Carter. Did you get everything I phoned you for? Yes, I did. Though it was pretty hard on such short... The devil with excuses. What about that station wagon? Four-wheel drive? Oh, I never would have gotten here if it wasn't. I came the last four miles across country. Well, Trail, you ready to go to work? If the diving helmets are in good order, yes. Oh, they are. Never fear. Well, then, let's go. We'll drive the station wagon as close to the cliffs as we can, and then we'll see just how much gold is in that cave we found. (laughs)
2: Are you sure this is
8: safe? Now, don't you worry, Jerry. Uh, trail, Carter and I can let you and the boy down the side of this cliff by the ropes attached to the helmet. Okay. We tied a basket to this other rope. You can send back anything interesting you find in the case. Right. Uh, sherry Jerry.
1: Yes, Mark?
8: Start the pumps. All right. Come on, Masters. Help me out with this helmet. Sure. Uh, Carter, help the boy. Right, Masters. Okay, Trail. Yep. A tighter. Don't want any water leaking in. You're getting air? Yep. How about you, Scotty? Well, Mark. All right, come on. We'll lower you over the side of the cliff. All right. And don't forget, yank the rope twice when you want to come up.
1: (laughs) Scotty, you all right? Yes, Mark. But how come no water in here?
8: We're in the cave now, above the water level of the lake. I'll check the air in here. How is it, Mark? Okay. You can take the helmet off. Here's your water-type flashlight.
1: Uh, gosh, Mark, what a
8: cave. Look over there, Scotty.
1: Cliff houses. Yes.
8: This must have been open ground at one time thousands of years ago.
1: Look, Mark, those vases on the ground.
8: Gold? Yeah, we'll send one back to Masters and let him drill. Then we'll explore this cave a little more thoroughly. Now put in the basket, Scotty. Okay, Mark. Now, give the rope to Yanks.
1: Yeah.
8: That's it. We'll leave the helmets here and continue our explorations. Master, look at this vase. It's gold. Right, Carter. You see why I told you to spare no expense in getting that diving equipment? Huh? Uh, no, just keep pumping air. Trail just sent back another sample from the cave. This is worth a fortune. I know, and that fool Trail wants to turn it over to some museum for ancient civilization. Yeah, but what are you... He won't, Carter. Watch. You're pulling the rope attached to Trail's helmet. And there's no resistance. They've taken them off. Yeah, but if they... Pull they... the rope attached to the boy's helmet, Carter. Are you... Are you going as far as murder... Carter, remember I told you accidents can happen? We can't help it if the helmet slipped into the water. Too bad the kid and Mark Trail will be buried alive in a cave from which there's no escape because of an accident.
2: Deep underground, Mark and Scotty explore the lost Indian city, as yet unaware that they are trapped. We'll continue in a moment, so stand by.
4: Buried alive in an underwater cave, Mark and Scotty have some tough swimming ahead. And suppose you had a tough swim ahead, crouched on the edge of an indoor swimming pool waiting for the starting gun. Ready, set... And you're off to a good start. But there are ten long laps ahead. Good thing you've been making Kellogg's Pep a main part of your breakfast day after day. Pep, the build-up wheat cereal. Wheat in its most delicious form. Toasted flakes. Ready to eat. Fun to eat. Wonderful with milk and sugar. Hmm, starting your ninth lap now. And the swimmer on your right has passed you. Well, now's the time to call on that powerhouse of food elements Pep has provided to build up strength, energy strength, Strong bones and steady nerves help you feel fit for fun. Fit for a race like this. With a final burst of speed, you streak ahead. Clap the side of the pool and win the race. Yes, it certainly pays to feel fit for fun. Pays to enjoy a daily dish of pep. And remember, PEP also stands for prize in every package. A terrific prize I'll tell you all about soon. Meantime, mark this. You have your fun, and eat it, too, with... Hello Peps!
3: Mark, Trail, and Scotty
2: are exploring an underground cave, which they entered by diving deep under Silverpool Lake while wearing diving helmets. Inside the cave, they removed their helmets and started exploring. Unknown to them, Masters and his assistant Carter have pulled the rope attached to the helmets, dragging the helmet back into the water. Mark and Scotty finish their exploration, and then...
1: Gosh, Mark, these cliff dwellings, all those golden ornaments, the people who lived here must have been pretty highly civilized.
8: Yes, Scotty. From some of the designs, I'd say it was an offshoot of the Aztec civilization of Mexico.
1: You'd know better than... Mark. What is it, Scotty? Didn't we leave our helmets near this rock? I thought so. Uh,
8: Flash your lighter on some more.
1: I I was positive it was this rock. Yes. Mark,
8: they're gone. Easy, Scotty. But how'll we get out? No, no, no.
1: Don't get panicky, Scotty. They they must have slipped off the rock back into the water. We'll get out. But how? We could never hold our breath for as long as we were underwater with those helmets. I know,
8: I know, Scotty. But there's a way out of here. We keep our heads and think we'll find it together.
3: (laughs) Yes? Haven't they signaled that they want
8: to come back yet? Uh, no, Miss Davis. Just keep pumping air. Masters,
4: what are you going to do about her? We can't stand here holding these ropes all day. She'll get suspicious. I know. I'll take care of her.
8: How?
3: Oh.
4: With Trail and the boy
8: in that cave, she's the only one besides us who knows about this fortune in gold. You mean you're going to stay here,
4: hold the ropes? I'll take care of her with my
3: hands. Got her. Masters!
4: Hey, Masters! Huh? What? It's Trail and the boy in the water.
3: Scotty's
8: oh, almost Carter, you Up. idiot! Pull! We can't Up. let him think this was anything but
3: an accident. Golly,
1: Mark, I thought I'd swallow the whole lake.
8: You're all right now, Scotty.
1: How did it happen, Mark?
8: I'm not sure. Well, that was a close call, Trail. We just kept holding the ropes attached to the helmet. With no polar signal, we had no idea they were in the water. Uh, of course not, Mr. Masters.
1: Well, they probably slipped off the rock we laid them on when we took them off. Yes, that must have been it. But, Mark, how did you get out? Mark figured that out keen. The shortest way.
8: Uh, the shortest way, trail? Well, when we dove in the lake, we found the opening of the cave about a dozen feet down. Uh-huh. We climbed through. And when we swam up, we were in the cave itself.
1: Yeah, the cave was filled with water for a ways, but the earth was sloping up, so we soon were on dry land. Uh,
8: but what's this uh, shortest way trail? Well, we swam inside the cave until we reached the wall, beyond which would be the lake. And somewhere down that wall was the opening we came in by. Well, that was the shortest way out. So,
1: Mark asked me to grab his feet, and he dived straight down. He found the opening and popped up on the outside. The only thing was, I couldn't hold my breath for the whole length of time.
8: Well, it's a good thing you held it until you got through that opening in the cliff, or you might have come up inside the cave again.
1: Mark, you're not going in that cave again.
3: Of
8: course not. One experience like that is enough. Too much, if you ask me. Right, boy. I'll see if Carter's got that hot drink ready for you two yet. and Then we'll try and figure out some other way into that treasure cave. Oh, that's good. Hot coffee. Makes a new man of mine. <laughs> I can say
1: the same for this hot chocolate. There's plenty more of both.
8: Sure. We've got to make certain the two of you are feeling good. Will uh, you have another try at that cave, Mr. Trail? He will not. Now, just a minute, Cherry. Mark,
2: you said you wouldn't.
8: Not through the water. You found an entrance. I found a place where I think we can blast an entrance.
1: Well, you mean where the treasure room was, Mark? Treasure room?
8: Yes. There's a whole city of cliff dwellings in that cave. Gold in the dwelling.
1: The only thing that isn't gold in that cave is the earth. That's right, Masters. And
8: the workmanship indicates a high degree of craftsmanship. Well, this will be quite a discovery. I'll tell you what. If you really think you can blast through to the cave, Carter and I will take the station wagon and get some dynamite. Use Good idea, Mr. Masters. Uh, But uh, I've never handled dynamite. Shall I hire an expert to set the charge off?
1: Golly, Mr. Masters, Mark's an expert. Oh? He's blown apart more log jams in lumber country than you can shake a stick at. Well,
8: in that case... I'll take charge of the blasting, Masters. You get the dynamite. Okay. We'll be back inside
3: of three hours.
8: Isn't this pretty rough country to be driving over with all this dynamite in the back message? Don't be a fool, Carter. Dynamite won't go off without a detonator. I, uh, thought you didn't
4: know anything about it.
8: That bit of false information was for Trails ears, not yours. Are you going to... Try and get rid of Mr. Trail and his party? Of
3: course. But
8: how? You won't take Trail unawares? I don't intend to. I'll let the dynamite do that. Uh, That's why I said I knew nothing about it. And, uh, how will you do it? You see this roll of fuse wire I've been tampering with while you've been driving? Yeah. Well, it's what they call one-minute fuse. One foot of it takes a minute to burn, so... If you use a three-foot fuse, you've got three minutes to get away before the blast. So? Well, I fixed it so one foot will burn in five seconds. When Trail touches a match to this, he'll not only blow a hole into the cave, he'll blow himself to kingdom come. Pretty solidly. Now, give me that fuse cord. Yeah, here. Mm, three foot cord. Well, three minutes should give us time to get clear of this spot. Us? Uh-uh. I mean me. You go down with the others. A pleasure. Uh, but first, give me a hand with this rock. Well, roll it over <clears throat> the dynamite hole and just allow the fuse to stick out. Well, why do you want to do that? I want most of the force of the dynamite to blow downward rather than up. That's it, thanks. Now, join the others. Signal me when you're ready. Right.
3: going to dynamite now, Mr. Masters?
8: Whenever we're ready. I think we'd all better step back farther.
1: Did he say how long a fuse he's putting in, Mr. Masters?
8: Three minutes, I believe. Three minutes. Uh, that's right, Carter. I imagine it's safe. Sure it is. Mark knows what he's doing. You
3: all ready down here?
1: Uh, yes, trail. Go ahead, Mark. He's lighting a match. Yeah. There goes the fuse. Scotty, look! That fuse is burning like celluloid. Mark! Mark! That's no three-minute fuse. He's seen it. He's running back to the fuse. He's going to try and put it out.
3: Mark!
2: dynamite explodes, Mark falls to the earth in a cloud of dust and smoke. In a moment, we'll find out what happens. So keep listening.
4: Now, listen closely if you'd like to know what sort of a prize you'll find in every box of Kellogg's Pep. It's a handsome, brightly colored statuette. Yes, sir. A little plastic figure of Maybe a cowboy, maybe an Indian, or a football, baseball, or basketball player. Could be an animal, too. There are 18 different statuettes, one to a box. Trade them with your friends. Collect them till you get all 18. Each little figure stands on its own pedestal so you can move them around in games and toy villages. Let them be passengers on toy trains and trucks. And mark this, you send in no box top, pay no extra money, and you don't wait even a single day. Just open your box of Kellogg's Pep and right inside, you'll find a cellophane envelope with your statuette and a whole box full of crisp toasted flakes. Mm, Marvelous multi-flavored Pep. So tell Mother to pick the package with P.E.P. on the front. P.E.P. for prize in every package. P.E.P. for Pep, the build-up wheat cereal. That's
3: Kellogg's Pep.
2: Mark, who is blasting a hole into the cave he found on the shores of Silverpool Lake, does not know the fuse he is using has been doctored by George Masters. Mark sees the fuse burning rapidly, but instead of running away, he dives right at the dynamite as it explodes. Now the dust and debris of the explosion clears to reveal to the observers a hole
8: in the ground and... Look! Look, he was right! He did blast through to the cave!
1: The cave? What about Mark? Come on, Scotty! Look! Look, there he is, Cherry. Oh, thank goodness he wasn't covered with the dirt. Maybe he's still breathing. Come on, Carter.
4: Yes, yes, of course. No,
8: all of you stay where you are.
3: What? Cherry, he's got a gun.
8: That's right. I'm going to be the first one in that cave. The cave?
3: It's Mark we're worried about. How touching.
8: Master, you stay where you are, Carter. Me? There's only going to be one person who knows about this gold. Me. Why, you double cross? I finished trail
1: here, and now... Stop nudging, Mark, with your feet. You're Shut dirty. up, boy. Hey, what? Mark's got his
3: foot. He's tripping, Master. Let go of me.
1: His gun, Cherry. he dropped it.
3: Here, Mark, I've got it. Good.
8: All right, all right, you two. First, we get the sheriff. Then we report this treasure to the United States Archaeological Society.
3: But, Mark, the blast.
8: I was knocked out, but came to in the middle of Master's charming speech. You've got a charmed life, Trail. No, no, Masters. I have a knowledge of dynamite. What do you mean, Mark? Well, when I saw that fuse, I knew I didn't have a chance to get away before it blew.
3: I know, you tried to put it out. No,
8: no, Jerry. There wasn't time to do that. But you ran back toward it. Right. To get as close to the center of the explosion as possible. You see, Scotty, dynamite's a funny substance. The full force of the explosion is three feet more away from the center of it. I got within a foot and a half of the center, where the concussion wasn't so great. And besides, that rock we rolled over the dynamite hole protected me somewhat.
1: Gosh, Mark, I didn't know that about the force of the explosion not being great near the center.
8: You You should. In fact, it's so well known that a number of men have circus acts doing just that. Blowing themselves up with dynamite. But you can bet one thing. After I get these two buzzards behind bars, I'll never try it again.
2: Hear that? That's a dam bursting hurling millions of gallons of water over the countryside. On Friday, Mark Trail is caught in that torrent which threatens to drown everything in its path, including Mark. Tune in same time, same station on Friday and find out what happens to... Mark Trail! Battling the raging elements, fighting the savage wilderness, striking at the enemies of man and nature... One man's name resounds from snow-capped mountains down across the sun-baked plains,
3: Mark Trail!
4: Remember to tune in then next Friday when Mark Trail will again be brought to you by the build-up wheat cereal, Kellogg's Pepsi.
2: This program is entirely fictitious. The resemblance of any name, personality, or incident to an actual person or event is merely coincidental. This program came from New York. Mark Trail by Ed Dodd also appears in the comics of many of America's leading newspapers. Look for it daily and Sunday. Matt Crowley plays Mark Trail, and Ben Cooper is Scotty. Today's Mark Trail was written by Palmer Thompson, directed by Drex Hines.
5: back with old time radio essentials this is pete with dave and paul plus essential listener marshall that was an episode of mark trail originally broadcast on mutual on march 22nd 1950 marshall you brought this one to us can you tell us why you selected it
0: yeah i was i was looking for something different a couple months ago i typically run when i do old time radio on my podcast i usually run fantasy or science fiction or uh, mystery that kind of stuff and so i i uh, put a poll out to my fans and asked them uh four different shows and i've tried to pick ones that i've never done before different types of things and mark trail was one that i discovered in that uh, trying to find out different shows and i was intrigued by it but my listeners didn't choose it <laughs> so i was like oh, of and so i thought well, shoot if i have the opportunity to to go on old time radio essentials i might as well bring along mark trail and perfect yeah well good good
5: now i used to read the mark trail comics um in the peaking daily times when i was a kid and don't i don't remember it being much of an adventure so much as it was uh, uh mark trail talking about nature and how uh you know things work in nature and things like that but that to me but tell us what you thought of this episode before we go any further
0: uh, i liked it quite a bit um you know i, I like the you know the the cartoonness of it you know yeah it's, quick, it's, <laughs> yep. it's yep. kids it's it's got adventure and excitement and, and uh the oregon comes in and brings in the suspense really quick and uh yeah. we get the old kellogg's pep commercials in there and uh just made me remember being young and and sitting in front of the television watching saturday morning cartoons
6: definitely
5: that's a really good way of putting it uh, the cartooniness of it i like that yeah and i guess it could it could be animated <laughs> they could just lift that <laughs> lift that whole soundtrack and drop it into a, a cartoon with Ooh. talking bears and uh,
7: I can just picture it with the really cheap animation, where the the faces don't actually move, but the, the lips. The lips are oh yeah, clutch, like Space Angel
6: cargo. Cargo. or, or yeah, Clutch Cargo
7: and Clutch Cargo, Hell <laughs> Spinner and Paddlefoot. <laughs>
6: wow, that's a deep cut. That's a hey Clutch, cut. hey
3: Clutch.
0: God, well, see, to me, it kind of reminded me of like a Johnny Quest kind of thing.
6: Yes, yes, yeah? absolutely. Oh, I'm sorry, with with Mark
5: as Dr. Quest, idea. right? With, with Mark Trail as Dr. Quest because he's the smartest guy in the cave. That's right, exactly. That's right. <laughs> he says, I sometimes feel as if I'm always the smartest guy in the cave. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Stay humble, Mark. Stay humble. <laughs>
5: Anything else you want to tell us about
0: it? What do you thought? I listened to several episodes trying to select uh, which one to do, and th- they're all fairly similar. But this one had, I think, the most excitement to it, the most life threatening things going on. But yeah, they all have, you know, Sh- Sherry Davis and Scotty in it. And there's always, you know, sometimes it's a mystery as to what's going on. This one kind of told us from the beginning who was the bad guy and what yeah. he's up to. Yeah, yeah, really. Sometimes, sometimes it has a like a Scooby-Doo type ending where you you find out who's causing all these things, but it's all nature-related and stuff like that.
5: Yeah. Um, Mark so pulled yeah. off his mask, and it was the same guy. So. Uh. <laughs>
7: I would have got away so with it if it wasn't for you meddling kids. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. There, there was an episode that I thought Paul will Paul would enjoy, titled. The thumping beaver.
3: <laughs>
6: uh, oh, God. Oh, oh, oh. Thumping red beaver. Goes on <laughs> <laughs> not explicit rating. Again! <laughs>
7: Do they play with dynamite with that thumping
3: beaver? <laughs> uh, yeah. So... <laughs>
0: the the audience could take it twice in a row well we have to look that one up (laughs)
5: well I I thought it was good that this was for a representative episode this was a full story it wasn't a cliffhanger Uh, and and I imagine once they moved to the 15 minute style episodes they extended it they extended the story over several uh, episodes to make it a full story Uh, I don't know for sure but uh, this is my first time hearing one And I thought the acting was really good. You know, there were no uh, clinkers. Sometimes in the uh, juvenile or kid-related stories, the dialogue is uh, really, really corny. And I think this was one that, you know, adults could enjoy as well as kids. So um, I enjoyed the story, waiting to find out what's going to happen. Because, again, like you said, right up front, the guy establishes himself as the bad guy. He's the villain, and, and he tells us flat out what he's going to do. <laughs> and, now, but the, and the only person who doesn't know is Mark Trail. <laughs> what's going to like happen a, next?
6: It's like an episode of Maverick in that regard, where, you know, <laughs> here's here's the problem. Let's see how our hero gets to it yeah. and then gets out of
5: yeah, it. Yeah, yeah.
6: What about you, Paul? Well, I thought it was a fun episode.
7: You know, it, it, I'm sorry, but it, it, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't Shakespeare in the Park, but it was enjoyable. <laughs>
6: you know, and I tell you one thing: I'm going to look wait, wait, it Whoa, up. Whoa, 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 whoa! If it was what? Shakespeare, Paul, you would have it, as I recall. <laughs> so you know, that's true. That's so true.
7: Shakespeare, that acting—that was great. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm going to look it up because I'm intrigued enough now after listening to the, the, the show a couple of times that it's like, okay, is it really true about the whole dynamite thing, about, you know, the blast radius, about just getting as close to it as possible? You're inside that three... Because then you think about it, you know, there were the guys in the carnival who would put dynamite, like, in a barrel and climb in with the damn thing and blow up, and they were fine. You know, a little shaken, but they were okay. I'm thinking is that possible or is that because i'm thinking man could you imagine how quickly you would be
5: sued for saying something
7: like that nowadays well if you're gonna light off some dynamite make sure you're right on
5: top of well them. i noticed that this was from the days before don't try this at home
6: yeah <laughs> right these are trained professionals right <laughs> they
5: didn't they didn't give the warning don't try this at home kids
7: They called it Thinning the Herd.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Darwinism at work. Exactly.
5: Dad, can you bring home some dynamite? I want to try something. All right, son, but but you be careful.
7: I've got some at the shop. I'll bring it home for you. Thanks, Dad. No, but it was a a good episode. I mean, like you said, you weren't scratching your head about it or anything like that, but the, the acting was on... The sound effects were on except for like maybe at the very beginning in the intro with that wolf howl it just seemed a little was that what I think that was supposed to be I guess but I mean I really I actually enjoyed it I might go listen to some more of these cool yeah. absolutely I, I really like that opening
0: you know it reminded me of the Lone Ranger you know where they got the quick delivery of the who is Mark trail oh, my God. mark
5: Tra- trail
7: yeah. Okay, did anybody else feel like that music reminded them of something else?
6: It's, you mean the intro music?
7: No, the kind of like the intro music. It was like, I'd have to listen to it again. It, it was to, like,
5: standard, like, exciting uh, organ no, music, really. But it just
7: sounded like something else that I would recognize. Like, ah, it sounded familiar, but I <laughs> <laughs> couldn't put a finger on it.
5: Maybe the shadow?
6: Mm, Could be. Uh,
5: so Dave,
6: I, your turn. I I thought I, I enjoyed it immensely. Uh uh great sound effects, I thought. Uh uh, they weren't really heavy handed or ham fisted with the sound effects. The ones they used really they kind of augmented uh uh the, the scene, like the casting of the reel uh and the splashing of the water and so on. It was like, you know, they weren't really it wasn't in your face and the ones that they had were subtle enough that it expanded the scene without intruding on it. So I did enjoy that. Um There's a lot of in in writing audio drama, as Pete, as you well know, um, there's this tendency to describe the blocking in dialogue. Yeah. And there was a lot of that going on. There was, oh, are you going swimming? Why, yes, that's why I'm wearing my swimming trunks. Uh, (laughs) uh, You know, what we call on the nose
5: dialogue. Yes, (laughs) exactly.
6: (laughs) Oh, Mark got his foot. Oh, he dropped his gun. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. There was there was a fair bit of that, but I, I'm willing to forgive that. I did have I did. Uh, uh, what? So you got a fish that has no eyes. First of all, are we teaching evolution in in a radio show? I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's a little uh, that's a little on the uh, on the fringe there for 1950. Oh, teaching evolution about
5: animals is okay, but teaching evolution about man Uh, coming from monkeys—that's a completely different different story. Fish
6: starts walking upright.
5: Yeah, (laughs) the fish wasn't walking, so
6: we're okay. (laughs) Okay, that's that's where we draw that line. Good, thanks for clearing that up. Uh, I uh, I also um, we're gonna take this fish with no eyes to shore dig a hole fill it with water and then put the fish in so the fish stays alive that was one of those why are you doing that that makes no sense at all i don't get that
5: why not throw the fish back in the
6: in the river right if he's dead you can tell he has no eyes yeah or put it in a bucket and just leave it at that come on it's like we like what everybody does um i i, I several things about this one uh, opened up some some discoveries for me about the genre um, one thing I noticed was that the interviews, some of the interludes were longer than the others. And I realized that that was one of the ways that they ensured that they would come in at a half hour, uh, regardless of any variations of script length or so on and so forth, is that you could have longer or shorter interludes to right. to absorb or expand that, that good, sound. And also good point. Be, yeah. because they were live, sometimes you had to cover, uh, uh, and do a longer interlude if the, you know, the radio guy was out having a smoke in his time for him to do his <laughs> audience where's the you know, announcer uh, <laughs> he's drunk <laughs> <laughs> quick, quick stretch out stretch out the musical interlude we're feeding him some <laughs> coffee hold up hold up honestly for me I hate to say this the most entertaining bit was the Kellogg's pep ads oh yeah uh, the, first <laughs> of all uh, well no I'll come back to that um, I, I didn't realize that steady nerves was, was a big pri- a big marketing point for, for children's uh, for kids uh, 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 cereal uh, back in the day,
3: <laughs> you know
6: the, the pep, the energy, the, the all of that I get, it. and steady nerves. It's like were were kids like not steady back in the yeah. day. I don't try know Kellogg Quaaludes, <laughs> right? So
7: there was try that the flexes.
6: I don't think I've ever heard sound effects in a radio spot on an old time radio spot before, but they had (laughs) the the swimming, the swimming. Yeah. The swimming laps. It's like, wait, are we back? No, we're not back in the show. This is, this is an ad. I, that, that kind of blew my mind. Um, The statuette, the statuette as the prize. And it's like, wait, a statuette. Wait, it's in the box. This thing must be like an inch tall. That's not, it's like an army
5: man. I was thinking it's like a, like a plastic army guy.
6: But yeah. but the but the first time he described it, it was like, ooh, a statuette like the Oscar. You know, it's gonna be a big <laughs> thing. And It's like, oh no. It's the it's the beginning of mini fig uh, culture. Get <laughs> your minis, paint them. Yes. Um I, I have to be honest though,
0: when he said there were thirteen and you could collect them all, I secretly wanted to go collect all of all thirteen of those statuettes. <laughs>
6: Somewhere, somebody's <laughs> got to have that. Some eBay dude, some some collector has oh, all thirteen. Sure. I have no doubt. The the and thing the that, box that they came in in, absolutely. <laughs> the the fact that this ad for Kellogg's Pep had the same yell at the beginning as the radio show that he was advertising on. It it uh, this is another revelation that I had listening to this. You know, we live in an age when everything is reproducible and recreatable and duplicatable. You know, print ads are copied and duplicated across print runs. Uh, uh, audio spots are pre recorded and duplicated and sent out. During these audio productions, There was none of that. Every single one of these ads was live. It wasn't pre-recorded. The script was, I'm sure, copied and teletyped around all over the place. But the actual presentation of the, of the, of the ad was completely fresh and unique. So you could adapt it to the radio show that you're in and it didn't cost you any extra. It wasn't any harder for you to do it because you were doing it live during the performance. So you could have it be tailored and, and tied in directly to the show that you're that you're working with. And I never really considered uh, uh, that immediacy, that almost improvisational quality to the ads in these old time radio shows that we listen to. So that was kind of cool.
5: Well, I did some uh, uh, looking around at, at uh, uh, I always try to find unique art for our show to put up. When we when we post the uh, the episodes, and I, I went down a rabbit hole and found a bunch of uh, uh, Kellogg's Pep ads, print ah. ads, and found that uh, um, they promoted even though it might have had a, a bunch of kids in the ad or kids doing things or well, it used Pep used to be a, a sponsor of the Superman radio show as well, <clears throat> and so for many years, and then so uh, uh, Superman was very closely tied to Pep. Um, and so you were supposed to assume that you you could gain superpowers by eating Pep cereal. <laughs> the implication being, yes, yes. But but <laughs> one of the things it's like in fine print they had they they promoted a mildly laxative effect from the bran flakes. Oh jeez.
6: So, very important. <laughs> very important for are you. Very important.
5: <laughs> Not only do you Iber. have steady nerves. You have regularity. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, mother, at seven thirty in the
6: morning. I must go to uh, It's time. It's time for me to do doo, mother. Perhaps take some pep with you, dear. <laughs>
5: <laughs> All right, so, okay. so very fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, overall I yeah. Uh, so many wonderful things to uh, uh to bring up. Absolutely.
6: Or or let out. <laughs> as, as the case may be. All right, en- enough. Let's, I'm, I'm calling it. Uh, let's vote now. Uh, just to be, let's be clear. What are we voting on, dear listener? Okay. How the hell should you. we know? As a, now, we know. We know this is our show, Paul. We got this. <laughs> uh, uh, and just as a reminder for the audience and Paul, um, okay. what we're voting on is one – whether this particular episode is a true representative installment of the overall series, and B, whether or not it's a standalone show that belongs in every Radio Aficionado's collection. Oh, God, every time you make me read that, Pete, every damn time. Uh, And now, Marshall, since you're our guest... And since this was your selection, you go first. What do you think? Was this particular episode representative of the, uh, of the whole series and should it be in the aficionados collection? I think I would vote yes to both of those.
0: Uh, having listened to a couple other episodes of this, I think it's definitely representative of the series with the recurring characters and, uh, you know, the, the naturalist, um, Preachings, <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs> there you go. Uh, but
0: all done, all done in, in an entertaining way. I um, very much. And then, sh- should it belong in a uh, collection? I think so. I think one of the things that would make it a valuable part of a collection is it's unique. You know, not very many people say, "Oh, remember watching or listening to the old Mark Trail radio show?" Yeah. So
6: it stands out a little bit. Fair point. What about you, Pete?
0: Well, uh, I agree
5: with uh, with Marshall on on whether or not it should be in um, a collector's shelf because it's a novelty. You know, it, it only ran for two years. There are some good points to it. It's a it's a fine adventure for kids. Uh, it's got all of the factors. You know, the hero, his little sidekicks, and then the villains and the adventure that goes on. Um, if he was a true naturalist, he would have had little asides, like, remember kids at home, don't litter and things like that. But, you know, that's (laughs) 1950s. They didn't worry about that sort of thing. They kept a litter bag in their car, but once it was full, they threw it out the window. So, uh, (laughs) They didn't care about stuff like that, but uh, I I don't know for sure if it's a representative because it's the very first one I ever listened to, so uh, I could say I don't know on one and on B I say uh, yes. So uh, collectors should have this for its its sheer novelty value.
6: Okay, very good, Paul. What about you?
7: Well, you know I think I'm going to go with Pete here because I I do agree. I this was the only episode I've listened to of Mark Trail. Uh, I'm going to guess that it probably is a representative installment, but I'm not going to say for sure. But um, I did enjoy the thing, and um, it's it, again, it's rare enough that, yes, you know th- – slap at your collection it sure as hell ain't gonna hurt a damn thing if you do that so go ahead so yeah i guess one kind of ah, i'm not sure and the other one sure what the
6: hell <laughs> such a such a ringing endorsement yeah what the right, hell that's why we have paul on the show folks it's not gonna screw anything up why not yeah, so run it right in the middle there <laughs> Well, as, as far as one goes, I'm, I'm with you, gents. I, I have this is my first Mark Trail experience, but I'm going to trust my man Marshall here, uh, uh, whose, whose credentials are, are unimpeachable. Uh, if he says it is, then I'm going to follow his lead and say right yeah, on. It's absolutely a, a representative of the Mark Trail series. Uh, I have no doubt. Does it belong in an aficionado's collection? I, I will again toe the party line as as an academic oddity. Uh, as as a unique representative of a specific niche genre within the audio theater, audio drama, old time radio experience, uh, yeah, sure, why not? It was it was a very well produced show. Uh, uh, it hit the target audience, uh, and and like I said, none of us had heard uh, had listened to a Mark Trail. So, Marshall, thank you for bringing this on. All right, so. Everybody every one of us agrees it, it does indeed belong it isn't ins- is representative of the March Trail series that's cool uh and then we're cut cut down the middle of, of with between the i don't knows and the yes it is so i'm going to say uh we're all in agreement that yes it is representative of the March Trail series uh and we all are in agreement once again
5: Woo-hoo. what he said <laughs> i think i understood i i i may have lost him at the bakery but uh yeah <laughs> That happens a lot.
6: It happens a lot with me.
7: Huh. Well, folks, well, that brings us to the end of episode 30. Or if you live in a parallel universe, episode five of season three, or is it episode 75 of season quattro? No, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> with Pete Lutz, Dave Robinson, and me, Paul RBC. We're very happy you joined us and hope you'll join us again next time because it's my turn again. <laughs> <laughs> no. And? and I'll be bringing you an episode of Philo Vance.
3: Ooh. <laughs>
5: Surprise. Nice. I like Philo Vance. Well, that sounds awesome, Paul. And now it's about time to wrap up, but before we do, let's give a big thank you to Marshall Latham for joining us today.
6: Thank you, Marshall. Dude. Awesome Re- as always to share the airways with you, Marshall. Really, really I, appreciate it. You bet. yeah. It was a blast. Had a lot, Had a good time. And you got to listen to Mark Trail, which you, which you, you know, or at least share Mark Trail, which you weren't able to do on the Journey Into Podcast. That's true. That's true. Real quick, Marshall, what's the URL for the Journey Into Podcast? Uh go to
0: journeyintopodcast.blogspot.com. Boom. There we
5: Great. go. Great. Great. And now, no, wait. Wait, I forgot to mention this in our last episode, so listen up, gang. Now playing at your favorite podcatcher is the latest drama from 63 Audio, Queen of Blood. Queen of Blood. It's an adaptation of a sci-fi horror film from 1966, and in my opinion, it's even better than the movie. And I can tell you that the very cool thing about it is that my co-host, Paulie and Dave, have roles in it. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> you can hear their voices in this production. So make sure you check out Queen of Blood very soon. And now, Dave, Paul, and Marshall tell the
6: masses what they need to know. Old Time Radio Essentials is a production of 63 Audio. A proud member of the Mutual Audio Network. Subscribe on Apple or any other podcatcher you may use by searching under Mutual Audio Network and or... Narada Radio Company.
7: Please follow us on the Twitter at Essentials Old and join our Facebook group, Narada Radio Company Productions, to get updates on upcoming episodes of this show, plus future audio dramas. If you want to suggest an episode, write us at f6.3 at gmail.com. That's the letter F. The number... Six, the word point, and the number three, at gmail.com. Put the word essentials in the subject line.
0: Remember, ladies and gentlemen, these guys are always happy to hear from their listeners, like me. So please, do send them feedback and suggestions. If you didn't catch their email when Paul spelled it out, rewind and listen again, or just look for it in the show notes.
5: Now, if you'd like to be a guest programmer on Old Time Radio Essentials, it's so easy. Just send us two boxes of dried shrimp and the cleanest handkerchief you own, and let us know which episode from which series you'd like to discuss with us, or just send an email. Okay, I think it's high time we wrap things up, don't you? Thanks, okay, Dave. Yes. Thanks, Paulie, and of course many thanks to our special guest, Marshall. Please join us next time for another installment of Old Time Radio Essentials. Bye-bye for now. Bye, <laughs> thanks, Marshall. Thanks for joining us. It was a it was a hoot. Thank you,
6: sir. Hootin'anny. Hootinny. You welcome.
0: Well, today I've got some uh, juvenile programming for you. That's yeah. appropriate for this group. <laughs> <laughs> hey now, hey now. Harry Red it's, Beaver. Uh, <laughs> get comfortable
6: and
5: listen. I think he did that pretty well, don't you?
6: That's, that's the, that's oh, the work of an oh, audio did. professional right Very there. Good. Right there.
5: There's all those buttery man voice. <laughs> right. Right. Wait a minute. Sixty three audio. This is mutual.
0: Now you
8: seem to me to be a connoisseur.